whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. We're here. We we have a controversial issue. Did we say that? We um, said that we were going to talk about a controversial issue. But it's not the one we expected. No. Danny still doesn't know about that surprise one. The surprise one is still in the wings. The wings? Wings? Isn't that a term? Waiting in the I wings? Know. I Did they make that up? I don't know. I've never I've never heard of that. Something's waiting <laughs> in the wings. Now I feel like I need to Google this. Uh, I don't know what the correct <laughs> to have a topic like waiting on deck is what I would think of. Sure, waiting in the wings. <laughs> we have some special guests with us while we're waiting in the wings. Waiting in the wings meaning. If someone or something is waiting in the wings, they are not yet active or important, but are ready or likely to be so soon. Okay. It's waiting in the wings, (laughs) Abby. Sure. Okay. Well. Weigh in on this, special guests. They want us to introduce them. They want us to have, like, some special way that we're going to, like, bring them on. I know. But we don't do that. No. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're going to refuse to talk until we do. Do we need, like, Well, we music? have had them on once before. I can't remember what we talked about. Home birth. All I can think of to do right now is start singing the Mission Impossible theme music. But... <laughs> well, our husbands have joined us. Hello, I am Abby's husband, Tim. Thank you. And I am Chip, Danny's husband. So memorize those voices. You'll be hearing them again. Silky smooth voices. Last time you were on, Tim, when you guys joined us, I don't know what we did with the microphone, but we purposely blocked you out. (laughs) Because you sounded terrible. (laughs) But hopefully this is better. This chair is really squeaky. Well, don't move. I know, I keep moving and... That's why I'm sitting on the edge of mine. That's not comfortable. No. (laughs) Still hoping we have enough time here to play Catan after this conversation. Well, (laughs) we might. It's a small conversation. Let's jump into it. Just depend on if Abby comes out of her jelly bean comatose. I ate too much jelly beans. I'm feeling in a little funk at the moment. So, let's jump into this really light conversation. What? Well, what? What brought us here? I mean, yeah. Tim and I are here. Okay, all right. But we don't so, even we know the topic, but we don't know like I don't even know how we got here. Um, I have we have had a couple different episodes touching on this topic of family size, not controlling your trying to get pregnant or not trying to get pregnant. Um, I don't remember what episodes they were, but I know we've discussed it before. Why are you looking at me like that? 
I found a bruise on my arm. <laughs> I don't know where it I'm came like, from. Like, have we not discussed this? No, we have. I just okay. don't know where this bruise came from. Okay. Oh. It wasn't Chip. <laughs> Great. That's actually why we came here. <laughs> this is an intervention. Brought us here. <laughs> intervention okay. podcast. So we've had a couple episodes of this. Yes. And I just thought it would be good after we like talked with the guys on that one episode about home birth and their perspectives. I thought it would be good to have a conversation with them about where how they came to these conclusions because I think we've shared a little bit about how God changed our minds in some of this, but thought it would be good to kind of interview them and get their perspectives on it. Yes. So we just sort of... I texted Danny a couple days ago and said, Hey, do you want to do this with the guys on Friday night? Because I knew you were getting off early, Chip. And here we are. Here we are. Sounds good. Okay, so let's start off by Chip, you telling us about... Did you always want to have a large family? Were you... What were, um, how did you start off your marriage thinking your family size would look? Danny and I each really liked the experience we had in our families. So she had three siblings, so there are four of them. I had two siblings, there are three of us. And we both basically kind of brought that experience into the marriage. She was like, hey, let's have three or four. And I said, hey, let's have three maybe or so. Um, and... You know, at that point, we were on birth control and, um, you know, grew up in families, from what I could tell, from what I remember, that um, thought the birth control was totally normal and fine. And um, when you say birth control, he means like hormonal, hormonal, the pill I was, ta- I was taking. Right. Like the monthly birth control uh-huh. pill. Birth control pill. Um, and, you know, we were counseled by one of the elders at the church we're at that did our marriage counseling um, about using birth control. And, like, he was a really godly man that I respected a lot. And it just kind of fit into what the narrative was that we had grown up with. Um So, you know, we got married and things were going well. And um, I think the first month maybe that you stopped taking the pill, we got pregnant. And so things kind of started pretty fast from there. We had no idea how long it would take because you hear stories of like when a girl's been on it for years and years and years, it could take a long time for her body to be ready, but it happened really quick. And so... Um, we were really shocked, but excited. And, um, so the first baby came along and, um, you know, we were, we were in a very different place, um, spiritually when we first got married. And, um, I mean, looking back on it now, it's, I mean, it, it just kind of makes you shudder and you're just, at least for me, like, like the amount of growth that God has done in our lives um, is just all to his glory and all by him. And he used um, some other believers 
around us at the time to challenge us um, on our views for um, hormonal birth control. And at first we kind of looked at the information, um, but could come up with reasons that we thought still made it okay to use. Mm -hmm. And eventually it probably took two years maybe of uh, friends occasionally like telling us and striking up conversation about it where for me, I know Danny's experience is slightly different, but for me, like I have a moment in time where like I'm sitting on this little love seat couch in our condo that we used to live in. And like, I literally felt the weight of God just, just impressing upon me, like give up, you know, what you're holding on to, you need to give up. And for me, it was selfishness of not wanting more kids because um, of the time that it would take to invest in them. Mm-hmm. And was this after the twins? Was this like yeah, later this is, on? Yeah, this, this was wasn't after the twins. This wasn't specifically in regards to the birth control pills. This was when we were considering if we were going to take more permanent right action. Right. Okay. So, um, at that moment, I. You know, when God's weight is like bearing down upon you, I mean, you have to give in. So I just was like, God, like I'll I'll do it your way, and I'll let you have control. And um, do you remember when that was in relation to no our other conversations? I mean, I know that we, it was after we had been thinking about it and praying about it and. For a while, I mean. So, what does that look like to you? Like, what do you mean by like give up? So, for me, do it God's way. I, I only mean? wanted a certain amount of kids because of the, I guess, just the time it was going to take to to raise them, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to have my life be used in raising kids, and God. And I was looking for other places to be serving in church. You know, you think, I mean, you, you do, it's not like you don't, you don't have a good heart in wanting to serve God, but my heart was definitely wanting to serve God in the way that I wanted to serve God, not mm-hmm. in how he wanted me to serve him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, as he's brought me through all of this, now it's like an amazing thing of like I get to serve God in you know in taking care of the children that he's given um, to me and and changing you know God has changed my heart to instead of viewing them as um, something that's taking my time but viewing them as like I, I get to be their dad. I get to be the one that teaches them. I get to be the one that, um, you know, prays with them and leads them. And so it's, it's all because of God's work. Um, 
of just stripping away the selfishness in me that, um, you know, is for for me, it's just just like knowing how selfish I was, and you know, now in hindsight, just looking back and just wanting to be like, man, you're at such a such a bad place, but. Um, but it's, you know, uh, just all the glory goes to God and his work. And I'm just so thankful in what he's done. And, you know, we've got, we can go through all the different scriptures on how God is the one that, um, you know, is the one that, that creates the life inside of the womb, um, which, you know, it's, it's very evident in the Bible when you start studying it. Um, you know, what God has to say about life and sending kids. And so we can go over some of those verses. Um, I think we should but, get more of... But yeah, Tim hasn't... Tim, Tim needs to go here. I've got more questions. Yeah. So... Yeah. What do you... How did that all develop for you? Did you uh, always want to have a lot of kids? No. No, uh, but that's also to say I would argue that I haven't been a Christian all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is a big argument in my head. It's not really for me to know, but um, other than that, I know that I'm saved now. But uh, so growing up, I grew up very similar, just Christian household. Uh, just a brother so it's just me and my brother Um, very small I like the idea of three four was pushing it Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we had a common argument of four to five because you grow up in I just didn't want three right that was my only because you were the oddball out but when we had our first I remember you saying like I'd be good with just one yeah. Well, because all I first. wanted was a daughter, and I got a daughter. <laughs> it's funny because we also had the, he would say three, maybe four, uh-huh. and I would say, I really want four, maybe five. Yeah. And he was like, never five. Nope. Uh-huh. And we had that all the time because I'd say, well, if we have three really close together and we want to take, I don't want to just have a fourth later by themselves. Yeah. And so then we'd have to have a fifth and he's like, well, then we better just have four close together if we're going to have more than three kids. We'll just time them all out and plan them all out. Oh, we were totally going to plan our kids out. (laughs) Well, our uh, Graceland, the oldest, was an oops baby. Mm -hmm. Um, I was on birth control. On birth control the majority of the time. Um, And uh, it was probably a month after, similar to their story and the fact that you got off of birth control and I was like within a month. No, I was on birth control when we got pregnant with her. Oh, well, there you go. It was a <laughs> big <laughs> surprise because I was yes. on birth control. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I take? got, I took an antibiotic Which, and I oh, didn't know that right. that like yeah, lowers your yeah. birth that's control right. effectiveness and yep. Yeah. Um, so, after our second child, so a year and a half later, mm-hmm. um, we had Cade, and that was around, it was roughly 
year and a half after Cade that uh, God saved me. No. (laughs) (laughs) Cade was, when we first moved to Arizona, Cade was three months old. And so it was... Oh, okay. When Around then. Okay. Because it was when we first moved to Arizona. Yeah. So. Great. Yep. I don't keep track of things. <laughs> uh, so anyways, got saved. Um, God saved me. And how did that me. change your... Uh, yeah, it, it really laid the foundation of... I grew up in a church, grew up in a Christian family, and the... I always said I believed the Bible, but... Um, You know, you throw words out there like sovereign. You throw out words like he's in control. Um, I was saved to that God for the first time Mm -hmm. where I loved the sin that I was in. Um, Days before I got saved, Mm -hmm. I loved the drugs. I loved the alcohol. And it was God's word that saved me. And so that laid the foundation for um, trusting him at his word and trusting everything that he had to say about every point of life. So you kind of felt like you reevaluated all everything. the things you thought you believed. Yeah, if the people who know me, possibly my my dad is possibly listening. Shout out to my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve gets lots of shout outs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I went through cage stage. I potentially ruined a couple friendships. <laughs> Uh, hurt some people with some of the things that I said because literally my eyes were open to the sin that was so prevalent around me Uh and God saved me using his word and so it it literally became everything to me and so I didn't all of a sudden like snap my fingers and be like oh now I want a big family it was more of all right, if I take God at his word, then my finances need to get straight. And that was probably one of the first things that we did. Um, then all of these things need to put be put under the lordship of Jesus and everything that he says. We must be obedient. He's our king. Mm-hmm. He's our Lord. I mean, we say that term all the time, but that term holds weight. Mm -hmm. If we believe he's king, we believe he's Lord, that means he is Lord over everything. And so um, I think it was probably around Selah when we had... Mm -hmm. I think we both kind of came to the conclusion. It was just a slow, as I was listening to sermons, as we were going to church. And it was really when our friendship, too, with the Browns, I remember having them over and having conversations with them. I was already pregnant with Selah, our third, at this time, and so it didn't matter necessarily at the moment because I was already pregnant. But it was when we were, like, starting to have conversations with them more about, like... Because Should with Sela, wasn't that you were planning to we, try to We were doing, wait. like, natural family planning, and so we were trying to avoid getting pregnant, and we got pregnant with her. Right. And so it was kind of like, well, what are we going to do after this? Like, mm-hmm. we already were doing the, like, natural route of trying to prevent pregnancy and got pregnant, and so how, how do we... Right. What do we do next? And for you... Chip, I remember very much even when you kind of 
submitted to God's will in all of it, what he was asking of you, you didn't... There were several times over the years that... I mean, both of us have had questioning and maybe... Oh, yeah, definitely. Dragging our feet a little. Yeah, I mean, once God kind of reveals your sin, then you have the process of of like living out the new the new normal for you of submitting to God in that area and so that takes time and obedience and struggle struggle to have your heart truly behind it and love it Um, because I mean you know for me, at least, that the sin of selfishness in that area of my life was just rooted for rooted so deeply that um, that it it has just taken after God convicted me specifically, just taken a while to truly bring me to the place of like loving loving where God has me now in it. So. Mm-hmm. So how would you say that the world <laughs> to just turn the ceiling fan on, it's really You might be able to hear it. It's quite loud. It's getting hot in here. Really or heating on. up the room pretty good. <laughs> I didn't realize it was gonna turn on like, full blast. Yeah. <laughs> um how would you say that the like culture around us would views kids versus how he would say the Bible? tells us to view kids starkly different how like give descriptions of like how our culture says like what does the culture say about having kids uh example would be well just the birth control it's both in our stories Mm -hmm. and it's something that isn't necessarily talked about but it's just taken as a pill culturally Mm -hmm. like you get married, and so you guys need to take some time to be with each other, mm-hmm. and here is a, a pill to possibly keep you from doing that. Now, that's not how it really comes out all the time, but that's the, that's the sentiment, that's the idea that um, you should spend time as a newlywed. I think that's the sentiment within the Christian culture. Sure. Is that there's an expectation that you will have children. And it's and, and it's seen as the thing wise to thing have. to do. Yes. But, it's like irresponsible if you're that, not doing it. But that. that you will have children and this is just the temporary yeah. thing to do until right. you're ready. Until you you're need ready. To, you need to really make sure as a couple that you have had time to get to know each other first. Which at its core is selfishness. Right. Because of the foundation of God's word in Psalm 127 where it talks about children being a blessing. I think not only that, but it's just interesting I know for for us it's just interesting when you have it is just an assumption that you would take active measures and active steps to prevent children when if you just walk into a marriage and start having sex because you're married the natural outcome of of 
just living as husband and wife in mm-hmm. the way God created it to function is children. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest... I, it, it's interesting that at the time when I realized how backwards that was, it wasn't something that I had realized at the time I was doing it. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like we're going out of our way to take measures against the natural mm-hmm. flow of things. Mm-hmm. And there's no biblical indication that that's something that should happen. Sure. That that's a step that should be taken. So in other words, what you're saying is if you're ready to get married, then you should be ready to have kids. Right. I mean, it, it is just the natural progression mm-hmm. if you're not putting <clears throat> a hindrance in the way. You have to actively... Not to say that everyone who gets married gets pregnant right away. Or that's not what I'm saying at all. At all. But, I'm just saying yeah. that... We, as a culture, have bought into it being so normal to take measures against having children right. that that is the natural progression we take on when the, the true natural progression is that there wouldn't even be, you wouldn't be thinking about that, you wouldn't be taking those mm-hmm. measures. You have to go out of your way to take those measures. Right. Where if you just got married and then lived as a married couple... Mm-hmm more often than not, children would follow. Right. And so we've been conditioned to believe that birth control pills, you know, oh, you go and you make your doctor's appointments and you get on birth control pills before you you get married. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this is all talking in the context of if you're waiting to have sex until you're married, which we would all agree is biblical, but... Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to make sure you're ready for your wedding night and you... Have your condoms packed. <laughs> I mean, how romantic is that? <laughs> um, so I think we've just really... I think for me, there's a sadness of knowing how many people are not experiencing the oneness that God created in marriage when mm-hmm. they're all at the... All for the purpose of avoiding children. Mm-hmm. Yep. I. Maybe weird to say, but I mean, it's your podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some pretty. <laughs> we just lay all out there. <laughs> Welcome. Um. When. When we started, when God started working on us, um, a, a lot of the stuff that. The reason I believe these things, one, again, is God's word, but somebody who helped shape that was Vodi Bakum. Um, and it was just his teachings on, um, I don't know where I was going with this. It was his teachings on, you know, what we should be doing with the children that we already have mm-hmm. when it comes to schooling. And then he he brought this subject to my attention in full swing and then put biblical foundation under it. But um, when we were starting to be convicted over these decisions and saying, okay, God, like, the womb is yours. I mean, the very fact that Abby and I got married is God's work. And I think every Christian would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like... God did this. I didn't do this. I'm so blessed to have this person, but God can't touch that. Mm-hmm. My point was, 
was that ever since we made that decision, uh, sex became better. Because there was a freedom. Yes, there was a freedom. There wasn't restraint on when we should do it, when we shouldn't mm-hmm. do it, um, what precautions should we take. Um, there wasn't, did you take the pill? There wasn't any of that. There was freedom to enjoy mm-hmm. the very act, which created more intimacy. Right. And we've talked about that that goes both directions as far as when you have withheld, when, when you have been purposeful to not have a child and the desire in you grows then to have a child and you then decide you want to have a child and you think you have that control over, well, like now we we're going to start doing trying. It, if we just yeah. stop doing all the things that we were doing to not have a baby, we will have a baby. Mm-hmm. It can swing all of those aspects of sexual intimacy to a different now unfortunately you're not just in this place of freedom now you're in this place of almost being a slave to trying to okay i'm ovulating now now we have to like yeah do this act purposefully just to try to conceive a child Mm -hmm. instead of really leaving that up to god's discretion of Mm -hmm what he thinks right there's a ditch on both sides of the road is i can worship the idea of trying to be it really comes down to selfishness and um also pride and control of i want to control this thing Mm -hmm. and then the other side is i can't or i'm producing a lot of children or i don't want to produce a lot of children the other side is i really want children and I worship over there. Mm-hmm. And I think the idol either way is control. We think we have control and right. over it. But I feel like God's word clearly over and over and over shows that he is the one that opens and closes the womb. And he is the one that gives life and takes life. And so we have, that's where we, our foundation has to be, is that we, we don't have control over this. God is sovereign over it. It's just a matter of are we acknowledging that sovereignty so, or not. This is Psalm 127, and again, this is taken from Vodi Bakum. Well, it's God's word, but. (laughs) (laughs) Vodi Bakum wrote Psalm 127. (laughs) Uh, But he made an interesting point because, at least in the Reformed culture, we talk about behold, children are heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward, like arrows on the hand of a warrior, are the children of one's youth. So I can read the rest of that, but I mean, we named our fifth child Arrow. And so if you just go, I mean, this isn't a very long psalm. It's only five verses, but a lot of people, reformed, even just regular, would say, yeah, children are heritage. They're great. They are a reward. Um, But if you look at the verses above that, the two verses, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills the quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So in other words, you have like a contrast here. And it's truly 
up to the Lord whether you have children or whether you don't. Mm -hmm. If the Lord builds the house, uh, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So you have the labor of trying to control us and you have the labor of uh, trying to produce Mm -hmm. a child. But what this Psalm is saying, God's word is that He's the only one who built the house. Right. And there's also just so much freedom found in following how God set things up to work. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys talk about that with birth, where, like, God made the female body to give birth, and we don't need a ton of external things being added into it to make it safer or to make it... Um, better, like God has made your body in a in a great way to give birth, um, and so you know, just like just to kind of piggyback off of that, I mean, God has uh, many places where He talks about He is the one that opens the womb and closes the womb. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have uh, Sarah and Abraham in Genesis 16. See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Um, And then Genesis 30, verse 2, Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God, who has withheld you, I'm sorry, who has withheld from you the fruit of your womb? Uh, And then just a little bit later, then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. Um, So there are just many places where it's very evident that, you know, God is the one doing this, um, whether he blesses you with children or whether he doesn't. Um, You know, we can... We can try all we want, but at the end of the day, God is the one that um, is either blessing us with that child or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for, for me personally, um, it's easy to read verses like children are a heritage and children are a blessing. Um, but truly, not only reading it, but internalizing it and believing it in mm-hmm. my life where, you know, with nine kids, I, I can't wait to have that 10th kid, to have that next kid, because I truly view that next child as um, a blessing from God and one who I'm excited to get to parent. So um, for, for me, it's just a complete reversal of how I think, and I would just attribute it to truly believing that God's word and his plan for my life is best versus what, you know, I wanted for my life. Um, one thing that I think I'll always struggle with on a more, I guess there's, there's always going to be the argument, but God has given us the wisdom of knowing how some of this works. Mm-hmm. And is there ever how do we judge if there's times that we should be taking action mm-hmm. against having children or is it always wrong to be trying specifically to have a child? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we're in a place at this point where I don't, I can't completely relate to 
everyone and their journeys and their mm-hmm. struggles and their circumstances. And just like with birth, you know, you have what is what is this kind of general uh, normal way way, and mm-hmm. then but that doesn't mean that there aren't circumstances in which you would say, well, praise God for a C-section. Mm-hmm. It's really necessary in this circumstance or. And so I think there's, at least for myself, when I was first challenged with these types of thoughts, I think there's an immediate reaction to want to go towards, even if you aren't in in any circumstances, Mm -hmm. to want to go towards, but but what if, and put forth some sort of circumstances that somewhat lay the groundwork then for being able to say it's okay to take control over it. So um, kind of throwing out the, the far reaching hypothetical in order to try to normalize it and apply it then to your um, less extreme circumstance. Um, But some people actually have the really extreme circumstances and Mm -hmm. um, And it should be something that they're, as a couple praying over or reading the scriptures over and going before the Lord and making that right and I I think I'm curious to hear what you guys would say about this but it's so hard because it feels like well yes if we're in a situation where it seems unwise to be having a child do you think that, that you take the control of then trying to employ the ways that we we know would make it less likely to have a baby or do you go directly to the one who is the one that creates and gives the life and and ask him for wisdom and ask him for not just wisdom but give him the acknowledgement of the control he already has and say look this circumstance we're in I don't know think of a you know uh, so the mom is really really struggling with health issues and mm-hmm. it feels completely overwhelming and impossible yeah. to have another baby do you then use condoms and birth control pills and well I all think these... there, you have to differentiate between condoms and birth control I agree. pills yes, because I threw that out there to see you can't <laughs> those are not equal to each other in birth control pills are abortifacients and should not be used by Christians at all yes all, all four of us would firmly hold to the fact that hormonal contraceptives really of any type so NuvaRing, yeah. Patch, the pill, mm-hmm. um, Deeper Provera, Shot, yeah. um, any of those ways of trying to avoid conception all carry a very strong, not risk, but... Another method of one preventing... Of, one of the primary ways they work is to... Uh, keep you from ovulating but then another primary way they work is to cause a conceived child not to be able to implant in your womb which would be a port- abortifacient right it would be just but, to, but okay condoms, so condoms or uh, 
abstaining mm-hmm. from having sex in your marriage. I I do think that there are times potentially and places for that on a very 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 short term basis mm-hmm. like maybe if there's like a month that you <laughs> prayerfully seek the Lord and mm-hmm. and the Bible talks about that First yeah. Corinthians 7 talks about only abstaining for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. um, and I, I think God does make give signs in women's bodies to, to know too when we're more likely to be ovulating and less likely to be ovulating and those types of things. Right. There's a cycle could. and, but God can also work outside of that and yeah. cause things to not be what you think they're going to be or. So your question to the guys would, was. My question kind of to all, yeah, to all of you was, are there times, are there times you would say that, would you say that it's, it should always just be just. Trust the Lord and just if you're feeling anxious and having concerns about circumstances in your life that you ask him to close your womb, that you ask him to withhold those children. Or do you feel that he has given us the signs of our bodies and these other methods and things? And I know that this might you might not have answers. I know for me, I still yeah, I still I would, kind of struggle. I would... Obviously, error on the side of, well, I think everything should be brought before the Lord and through prayer with your Bible open when it comes to the subject. I have never been in a situation where uh, we've had to make any sort of decision like that. However, uh, coming from... Every single time that I've had a child, God has always provided abundantly more. And so there not only is a reward in the child, but there's also God's faithfulness, even if it's the loss of the child. It's still good. Mm -hmm. It's still a heritage. So... I would err on the side of trusting him at his word and saying, you're in control of this, and I'm not, and I want you to be. Here's my concerns. Just like a child comes to me and gives a request, I can say yes or no, but typically, if I'm being a good father, I will... uh, treat my son or my daughter um, for their pleasure, for their good. Uh, And so I trust God to make that decision for me. So, I mean, we can come up with health reasons, financial reasons. We can come up with even the reasons of having too many children. Like, what if we become the Duggars? (laughs) Like, we have hey, 20 children. Now. However, that's just rare. Like, if you really think about it, there's some people who just have that blessing, and there's some people who have four to six kids, and then all of a sudden, they're just done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... What about in the, in the case of... Um, like... 
marriage, the marriage is in a really, really, really bad spot. Like, like pre-divorce, like going through issues that might bring the marriage to an end. (laughs) And they shouldn't be having sex. (laughs) I know that's like, I know that's like this total cop-out because, you know, I've never been in a... so hard because in some ways it's like, should they? Well, they probably should be. I mean, intimacy-wise, and when you really think, I mean, that's the thing. I don't think we can answer... Correct. And I think our exhortation in any, if anyone came to us and asked our thoughts, our exhortation would be to repent, mm-hmm. to repent in your marriage. If that's the reason, if that's the underlying reason, then the husband and the wife should be repenting and should be mm-hmm. repenting of all the, th- I mean, let's look at God's word in all these other areas. Right. But again, I don't, I don't think there's any, um, anything wrong with asking God if you feel that you're in a time to withhold children from you while also understanding that he may not and he may see fit that it is his timing to send you a child Mm -hmm. and that he will like you're saying provide that he will be faithful with that life and but I know that that's I I don't feel like that's a a super popular answer to that question right well I think that what is typical in the Christian world is to not even consider these things. That if you have, you know, those top three things, health, too many children, provisions, like job, money. uh, I think the amazing thing is that sometimes, so many times, when, when you think, well, we can't possibly do this. Right. But God gives the child. He does Correct. give the job. He does give mm-hmm. the provision. He, But not necessarily beforehand. Right. Yes. Yeah. I know, you know, Tim was saying that you haven't ever really been in a position, but I know we've talked, you and I, Abby, have talked about the position that from your angle that you felt like you were in when Sayla was a baby and... Yes. In the hospital. Yes. And that and was the very first time in our mm-hmm. marriage where we felt convicted about not controlling our fertility and whether we were going to get pregnant or not pregnant. So it was the first season of that. And it was really tested and hard. And it was because... tested real hard because we had a yeah. three very, very young kids, one who was very sick and was in the hospital all the time. And <laughs> we guess, barely saw each other in the first place. I guess place. that's the reason why I said I, I necessarily haven't really struggled with it because I trusted God. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even an issue. And I, I, not saying that because I'm a super Christian, is it just we were so convicted over the treatment and the thought that we would and could control this thing mm-hmm. that when we were in the position of possibly not being able to, for- I mean, I was making twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars a and year we had a baby who was with two children and three children. a third yeah, that was a, in yeah the a third one that was in the hospital all the time and God provided us greatly with mm-hmm. a new job doubled my salary mm-hmm. like I didn't I didn't do that <laughs> like 
I know there's a lot of groundwork. And I feel like all the concerns we had beyond just financial of how we were going to do it with the baby in the hospital all the time and how, you know, all of those things that he was faithful to provide in those two. Would you say that you have ever, since that point in time, would you say that you've ever since struggled with not want like to wanting to like quote unquote take back control even though you don't actually have the control but yeah have you ever like questioned it and been like do we really believe this should we really be like not trying to control this or have Uh, you been just smooth sailing yeah it's it's a constant struggle whenever you receive the good news of having a child there's always this battle of your flesh and saying that's just too much mm-hmm. like I can't do it like if you were telling me where to get pregnant again this would be my immediate knee jerk reaction of I have no time like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm kind of drowning at the moment mm-hmm. but again God always provides like what I've noticed in having children, and I'm sure you guys know, this is just phases. Like, yeah, Seasons. right now, yeah, like right now I don't feel like I could. We have boys who aren't going to bed right away, and we have a youngest son who just cries all night. <laughs> <laughs> and so we don't sleep. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of hopefully the... 60 more years that we have like what's that in comparison to Mm -hmm. another life that isn't just a blessing to our family but if we're treating them and loving them and raising them in the admonition of the Lord then they're going to be a blessing to other people even to the single people who can't who can't have children or who don't have children Mm -hmm. just I mean just for a frame of reference for the audience, I mean, when Abby and Tim were going through some of these really hard times with, like, Sailor in the hospital a lot, I mean, I know that Danny and I talked as a couple and we're like, what, you know, what it should our recommendation be to too. them, mm-hmm. whether it, they should be taking any steps to, you know, not have because we had these more conversations. children at this moment in time. And so, I mean, it was it was challenging for us to work through, and you know, these are these are things that you bring before God, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, I don't. We're not making blanket statements. Everybody needs to follow here. I mean, you you need to go to God, but the the general um, you know equity of what the Bible teaches about children is. Like, we should be so excited when God sends us another child, and we should be praising him and viewing that that new child as, you know, a blessing in our household. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how Tim's already setting his, his gauge for living to, like, what, 95 <laughs> or whatever? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not promised that. <laughs> um, but I do, uh, I don't know who it was who asked us last night. But somebody asked the question of, well, Chip, since you have nine children, are you more blessed than I am with six children? I would just say, um, 
like Psalm 128, like he's talking about a man that looks around, sees his wife as a fruitful vine, um, sees children as like little olive plants all around the table. And this is the picture that God gives to us of a blessed man. And But what if I don't have that? If you don't say have I'm, that... Say I'm married, have tried getting pregnant. My wife and I have tried getting yeah. pregnant for there, seven years yeah. with nothing. You're telling me that you're more blessed than I am and that you're being more fruitful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's God blesses in many different ways. And if if God has blessed me with with nine children, like that's a huge blessing to me. Mm-hmm. And He doesn't bless every person with that many children, and He blesses some families with more. And you know, each child is a blessing. And so, as you have more children, you have more blessing. That's that's just the natural outpouring of of what the Bible says. And so it's not something that you, I mean, that, you know. But you can have different blessing and have no children. Mm-hmm. Right. God blesses in so many different ways. So this is another area where we have to be careful not to idolize or decide that we, we, we have to be willing to accept from God's hand the what way he wants, he wants life to look like to bless us mm-hmm. and because there's a ditch on both sides <laughs> and because with the blessing with the joy there there is heartache there is a weight of responsibility that with with I mean, any blessing that he gives yes. if he blesses you with finances that are i mean there's that one proverb can't remember it that talks about M- more money more problems <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> that, that one <laughs> there's the one that talks about giving you just an, uh, enough so that right god don't give me too much don't give me too little give me just what i need for because today. having a lot of extra money comes with a huge responsibility mm-hmm. of needing to keep your heart from loving the money and from and the, using it correctly and so you could be f- blessed financially you could be blessed intelligently you could be blessed with children you could be right. blessed with having more time with to, time to do ministry in other areas i mean when you're you know parents of a lot of kids most of your time in ministry is spent toward your children and Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, all the other ministries are bad around you. I mean, God has, God puts different ministries upon people's hearts and for us, for our lives. Sometimes he doesn't even put them on your hearts immediately. Sometimes he just calls you to different ministries and yeah, it grows you into that. So you might think that you have the ministry on your heart to get married and have 12 children and that might not be the ministry God has for you and he might call you to singleness and you might be blessed with time and the ability to serve in ways that I mean definitely for us we weren't expecting to have this be how our lives look like but that was one of like you said with this with the selfishness that was one of your struggles 
of almost being envious towards the people who didn't have any sure. kids or the single guy who didn't have the responsibility of a wife and kids that could just pour into these different functions and things happening that you had a heart for and wanted to see them be successful but you had to come home and help with five little kids and change some diapers and that was hard at first Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it definitely I mean I think every person's story is different but we just have to be careful comparing how we're blessed with other people Mm -hmm. and like Chip said more focus on the fact that we know that children are a blessing so it doesn't not like you have four kids and each of them was a blessing and then the fifth one is like well (laughs) you're a little much I have my blessing limits let's uh, stop that right there honestly for me I don't know how much God worked on you with the twins but that I mean that was he did more for you that was huge for me of like well I was only expecting there to be one which one of them is the blessing and which one of them makes me feel more overwhelmed, you know? It's like God wasn't surprised by this. He knows he can give me the strength that I need to be the mom to them, Mm -hmm. even if I don't feel like that. And it just really, for me, put it starkly next to each other of you were excited to be pregnant, you were excited to have a baby, and now there's two of them and suddenly you're freaking out and not excited anymore but why like yeah you got double portion <laughs> right a blessing yes well i think that's i think it really just comes down to jealousy and envy over you know, Any wanting, different... again both sides yeah i have the danger and do struggle with being jealous over our nine kids, I know. Newly married, <laughs> newly married, or just even people with one to two kids. I'm like, if I had, like, and I know some people who may be listening to this and being like, two kids, that sounds so overwhelming. But, like, if I had one to two kids, like, even, even when, like, tonight. Two of our girl, two of our kids are spending the night with their grandma and grandpa tonight, and I'm like, and it's like we only have... What do I do with all this time? Four (laughs) kids, and I'm like, what are we going to do tonight? There's only four of them. So there is this temptation of desiring that. But then I feel like for me, in the next breath, I'm like, could you even imagine if, you know, I think, oh, if we would have only had our first four kids since we thought we wanted three or four and number three and four came at the same time it's like I'll sit around our table and imagine okay so wipe out Brinley on down as not being here and like it would be just so strange and so different (laughs) and um, I I do want to bring up um, finances just quickly because I think as the provider, as the guy, that's a huge reason that people use to limit kids. Yeah. And um, it really, in my opinion, is just is a lack of faith that God will provide. Mm-hmm. And it's also a misunderstanding of 
what we expect from God in life in terms of how he takes care of us. Um, Are you I think talking about like pleasures just, and desires and it's just really easy needs. living in America to think that like I have something. to have a cell phone, I have to have a car, like I, I have something. to yeah, like like these things God if has to If you can't vacation well, if you can't get a bunch of presents for every holiday and birthday. Right, and even if you, you know, like, can't put your kids through college or, um, you know, provide a a car and insurance when they hit 16, you know, like, um, like the financial aspect really does play a part into many people's decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know just for us, I mean, you know, when we first got married, we were super poor and didn't have very much money. And we definitely would eat ramen with hot dogs in it. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't remember the hot dogs in the ramen, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I, I mean, the Oscar God. Mayer hot dogs, though, right? <laughs> I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> they might have even been like turkey dogs. I mean, we were. <laughs> I, th- I think, really live in the. I think when you when you <laughs> walk in faith, and you're willing to, you know, work hard and follow where God leads, He will provide, mm-hmm. and you just have to have the expectation of providing doesn't always mean, you know, a fancy house or a nice car or whatever, but He will provide and. You know, we're given the picture of God providing food and clothes um, that we were, Christ said on the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, we were just listening to and Luke like for we, the Bible reading challenge. God yeah. says, don't worry about these things. That's what the, the Gentiles do. Those who don't believe in God worry about their food and clothes. And so that, that to me is God saying anything above that you're worrying about erroneously like if you care about you know a nice job a certain job a certain house a certain car like you're not promised that at all um, but you are it doesn't mean you can't make plans it doesn't mean you can't. it doesn't mean having a house is bad it doesn't mean having a car is bad but having that as an expectation that influences your views on how you live your life out um, you know, is wrong. And, uh, I mean, in our life, time and time again, God has provided what we've needed financially. And even when we don't always see how, he makes a way. And But there is a principle behind that as the provider, and you've said it already, but right. to reiterate it, to work hard. Right? I right, mean, yes. <laughs> God. Yeah, that's a good. That's a yes. good. One. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. because God. you can misconstrue something like this. Correct. Well, if God will provide, we don't. Yeah, if I have a baby, then God will clearly I'm, owe me money. Right. I'm gonna sit here and just wait for God to dump something in so my lap. Provide and... for this, but that doesn't mean that you're not supposed to be discerning. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to be Planning. careful with what He has given you, and that you aren't right. supposed to work hard right. to 
provide for your family. Yeah, be willing to go and do whatever it takes to... Right. That's a part of what God did for Abby and I during the time the Salem was born in giving me that new or even before that new job, mm-hmm. is we were both convicted on what money and finances look like. And again, we move cross-country. I remember your little temperature. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sure we have a picture somewhere. We're paying yeah. off your debt. Yeah. We paid off a lot of debt that $30, year. $30,000? I think it was 20000 in that year. Okay, so, yeah, we moved cross-country for a graphic design job that makes... Did- didn't pay very much. <laughs> Twenty-five to $30,000 a year. And that was when we were convicted over children and over finances. That somehow, I can't even remember all the ways that God would provide extra money to the point that I basically doubled the salary just in extra work to pay off that debt. Mm-hmm. Like, within the year. That wasn't a new job. However, that was us cutting a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That was me freelancing yeah. and finding other I mean, other we've work. even talked about the times that you would have a need and would feel convicted that I'm not just supposed to go out and buy this yeah. and pray over it yeah. and God yeah. would provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember very specifically mm-hmm. needing colloidal silver for some ailment and feeling like well I'm not going to go out and buy this and then I remember you just randomly had a bunch of colloidal silver and gave me some yeah and I didn't know you right. needed it yeah I mean I even remember we have a time where like we're like man our boys really need new underwear and like within was, a couple of weeks somebody was like hey it was got a this like really much new underwear and it was like perfect size for our boys and we're like it was not what even in the world god was, you provided underwear for our boys you know? it was very much through like a person who another person had given her clothes and underwear she didn't even yeah she didn't even have kids and she was needing to find a person to give this to, and mm. yeah, it was it's, brand new in the package. It's just crazy, like how God provides mm-hmm. sometimes in just so, such yeah. amazing ways. And that's because He loves us if we would just trust Him even more. I forget, uh, is it Paul Washer says that. I'm sure there's more Don't quote people. Him <laughs> Watch out. Other people in the faith that I'm sure he's just copying is that God will. We don't ask God for enough things. Like his example was, uh, he's a little kid came up to him after one of his sermons and said, "So when you, when you bring all of Africa to Christ." what are you going to do next? And everyone laughed at the little kid because he said, like, such an audacious thing that, yeah, Paul Washer and his crew is going to bring all of Africa Mm -hmm. under God's reign and bring it to be a Christian nation. Mm -hmm. And everyone laughed at the little kid for his childlike faith. Mm -hmm. And Paul Washer looked at him and didn't smile and said, I'll move on to a different country. In other words, yeah. showing that we don't ask God 
for enough and we actually restrain our our asks because we think that's so impossible mm-hmm. I feel like we're kind of off topic now well yeah but I don't think we are though because I think that's part of the problem is that we do want to segment things living this out requires faith it requires relying on God understanding yeah who God is and trusting who he is from from a lot of different aspects yeah trusting and is huge that God God's plan for my life is better than my plan mm-hmm. and then walking in faith trusting that he's the one that is the author of each and every life that he's the one that authors the number of each of person's days the days that each Mm -hmm. kid has all of us have and that he provides for everything we need and i think when you when you lay these things out even when you put them up against some of the most difficult circumstances if you truly believe them that's when it really starts there's really starts to be a rub of like, well, why, why would we act in these ways that the culture around us tells us mm-hmm. to act mm-hmm. instead of trusting that what we know about who God is and what He says about Himself and right. What I guess what brings more delight to me when I see my son or daughter trusting fully in what I have to say. For their good, and, that and how could much be... more it drives me to want to bring more things to their lives. Mm-hmm. Now, you can get really dangerous and you know start talking about the prosperity gospel, but there is a certain truth within that that if we are obedient to God and we trust Him fully, that He blesses us, and whatever that blessing looks like. It might very, very not different. look like the way we think. It might not Correct. be in the answer we're Correct. wanting. Mm-hmm. I think. But is it better than what I would have wanted? Ultimately. Ultimately, yes. Even if that looks like surrendering your womb and your fertility in your marriage and him withholding children and Correct. working you through sanctification in that way mm-hmm. there is blessing in that mm-hmm. yep um and all blessings come with their own individual struggles right like if I'm 90 years old I'm going to want to die but <laughs> okay okay but <laughs> listen to the rest of this maybe that's a hard life but was it good and joyful yeah, a lot of it was. But is it hard getting old? Very much so. Yes. <laughs> well, you said earlier 95, so don't sell yourself short. <laughs> well. This was fun. Yeah. Chip just needs to stop working nights so he can turn this podcast into a... Man cast. I was going to say triple 
but it's not triple quad quad quadruple quad, cast quadcast 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 there you go <laughs> i'm good not being on a podcast so. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can uh we need chip to continue to be our faithful listener keep it going without me yeah but i do think that especially with this topic it is really important to i think it very much is something couples need to be working through together in the word and and i do very briefly i remember god convicting me over this before tim oh yeah but in a very it was not long before tim but enough before tim that i was like this is what i feel like i'm convicted over but yet he wasn't yet and yet and so my only choice was to like be praying that god would convict his heart and within a matter of months he did i was convicted over it before chip i was not praying god would convict chip's heart over it i was using chip as my scapegoat because i was gonna submit to my husband was convicted over it but it still wasn't what i wanted to do yeah it was what i felt like we needed to do but i was very much like well then I'll just tell Chip, and he will tell me no, and I'll just have to submit, and it'll I think be fine. I think the key for couples, because it obviously can be a really big issue if a husband and wife have different viewpoints on mm-hmm. this. Um, but the key is, hey, let's just go to God's word and study all the different places it talks about family and children and God controlling the womb and God creating life and and honestly for wives you do need to be submissive to your husband and you do need to trust that even if your husband isn't making the right decision in these areas that he is the one who's leading your family and Mm -hmm. he bears the weight of the responsibility before God for that and you do need to pray for him and but but then I don't think it's an area where you nag them and where you withhold yourself from them and, um, you know, I don't think you have to be silent over it, but I do think, you know, that that that's the beauty in, in the way that the family is structured Mm -hmm. is that like they will answer to God before, like for for these types of decisions for your family, so... Yeah. So anyway, guys, study God's word. Go to him. Live in faith. (laughs) The end? Why is that funny? It just feels like very, like, are are we we saying... Are we going to say bye now? And goodbye.